Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always rated R because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya and
All right, all right. What joy do you have today? I know it's tax day. Some of us have to pay. Some of us get a little something back, but joy is available tonight, and we're going to teach you how to go get your joy back. We're talking specifically to those who have found themselves in life uh, has left them downtrodden. Friends have become fake and flaky, and members of the family have discouraged and disappoint you. Hell in the church, job is acting crazy, your joy has gone into the negative. But tonight we have some guests uniquely designed to help you to go snatch your joy back and to never, ever let anybody steal your joy again. Hello and welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White. I am your host, Tanya White, and we are just excited to be here tonight. We want to welcome everyone who is joining us online right now and in the um uh, in the chat room, you are welcome to give us a call at 347-215-6446. Press the number one key uh, at the appropriate time when you would like to talk to our wonderful guest tonight. And tonight we have two fantastic guests uh, on deck ready to help you do what? Go get your joy back. We're giving you an extreme joy makeover tonight. And in our Boast About Your Book segment, we have Miss Sherry Lewis. Sherry has a new book, and she's going to drop by and give us some insight and encourage us and tell us why we need this book in our book library right now, ASAP. And at the bottom of the hour, we have the motivational magnet, the dynamic author of Who Stole My Joy, Miss Sandra Steen. Get ready to be inspired encouraged and empowered to go get your joy back you guys it is april the weather is changing the seasons are changing and so are some things in your life and when change comes and we don't want those things to change sometimes we find our joy in the negative but tonight i guarantee you you're going to just go get lifted up and go snatch your joy back and put it in a place where nobody ever can steal it again now I want, if you're a first-time listener tonight, I want to encourage you to please visit our website at TanyaWhite.com. Tanya is T-A-N-O-Y-A. White is in the color .com. Get ready for this show if you've never listened to it before because it is rated R, but it's not rated R for being restricted. It's rated R for being real, relevant, and refreshing. We are excited to have you listen and we just love every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to come uh, help you change your no-I-can't attitude into yes-I-can actions. Now, last week, if you missed uh, the phenomenal show, we're in a series right now called Spring Into Action. Last week, we talked about overcoming offenses. Oh, my goodness. Minister Brian Williams, if you missed that show, I want you to go to blogtalkradio.com backslash Real Talk with Tanya White, check in the archives to April uh, 8th and replay, download it, put it in your iPod, listen to that phenomenal show. It was one of the most powerful shows that we had in our over almost uh, a year and a half of being on the airwaves. Brian Williams kicked it real about what offense is, uh, why we get offended, how we know that we are offended, and how to overcome offense. He was very real. He was very relevant. 
and he was refreshing, and he will definitely be back. And also, in our Boast About Your Book segment, we had LaShonda Jones. She was a hoot. She is my new BFF in my head. So listen to that show. Also, listen to our April 1st show as we had Brian Ganges on, and uh, he was talking about his upcoming May release to a book called Piecing the Puzzle Together. It was phenomenal. Listen, if you miss any of our shows, they are all neatly packed in our archive section on blogtalkradio.com backslash Real Talk with Tanya White. We have had some magnificent guests already in April. Last week we had a double uh, show. We uh, interviewed Abraham McDonald again. That was the second time on Real Talk with Tanya White. And if you don't know the name, you definitely know his accomplishment in these last six months. He was Oprah Winfrey's uh, karaoke challenge winner, but now he is Alan Def Jam's newest vocal sensation, and he has a phenomenal new single out called Miracle. We interviewed him. We also interviewed uh, uh, Miss Norma Bryan Howard. She was talking about her su- a girl's summer self-esteem camp, and if you have a girl from the ages of 11 to 14 uh, and you are located in the Louisville era- area, our surrounding areas, you need to sign your child up for this just powerful uh, week-long self-esteem camp. Miss um, Norma Bryan Howard is uh, in a class all by herself. She's a retired teacher, and she loves empowering children, especially girls, to have healthy whole lives by uh, building their self-esteem. So uh, listen to last week's show Get Miss Norma's information. Uh, listen to all of our shows. And while you're on TanyaWhite.com, I would just love, love, love it if you would just go ahead and get you and one of your girlfriends my latest book, Girl, You Can Win, The Ten Highly Essential Habits of a Winning Woman. It is my best book to date, and it is uh, available right now via TanyaWhite.com. If you order it via TanyaWhite.com, I will sign it. We will send you uh, some free gifts, some extra gifts. Uh, If you don't want to order it from TanyaWhite.com, it is available through Amazon.com. Or if you're on the Blog Talk uh, webpage right now, you'll see it scrolling across your page. It's a golden white cover. Get it. It has some powerful tips on how you can become a winning woman through your actions, your attitudes, and your associations. Women, we are the most savvy uh, intellectual, resourceful, and resilient creatures on this earth, but sometimes we don't believe that we can win. And it all starts with belief because God created us as winners. He built us as winners, but we get stuck in that rut because we don't believe. So visit TanyaWhite.com. Get, pick up that book right now uh, or visit Amazon.com and get uh, – I also have Relationship Reruns, the 99 Mills. Right now we're – having a free book offer for my first book, How to Deal with a Difficult Woman, Conflict Resolution Manual for Women on how to resolve conflict with other women in your family, church, on your job, in your uh, friendship circle. Listen, uh, we got to come together. So I'm giving away free books, but we do ask that you pay for shipping if you are interested in that, if you have an event coming up, a women's conference, or you want to give away door prizes at an event, this will be a great book. And, again, I will sign them for you. So email me at Tanya at TanyaWhite.com or uh, get me on Facebook, uh, Real Talk with Tanya White, and we will get that for you. Like I said, tonight we are helping you to go get your joy back. 
uh, giving you a stream, a joy makeover. But first up, we have our Boast About Your Book segment. And we love these segments because we love authors. We love uh, having authors on to boast about their books. Uh, because before you really can expect anyone to be happy about your book project, you have to boast about it yourself, not in an arrogant way, but you have to let people know that this is a great project, it's inspiring, and why they need to get it. So we have instituted on Real Talk with Tanya White, which is a great segment called Boast About Your Book, and tonight we have author Sherry Lewis on deck, and she is going to talk about her brand-new project, and so we're going to bring her on. This is our first but not the last time to Real Talk with Tanya White, so we welcome uh, Miss Sherry Lewis, how, how how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you for being on Real Talk with Tanya White. We are just overjoyed to have you tonight. Uh, I know this is your first time, and so sometimes I get kind of excited. Okay. So <laughs> don't take it the wrong way, but I get okay. excited about uh, hearing about great projects and Thanks. just talking with great people. So before we dive into this new book, I would love for you to tell us who you are in your own words. Oh, my goodness. In my own words, I am a very spiritual, passionate person who my whole life is centered around chasing after God and becoming more and more intimate with him. Um, about a year ago, I left my job as a medical doctor so I could p- pursue writing and ministry full-time. And since then, life has been a, a, an adventure, just an amazing adventure, and I'm always waking up excited about what's next. Wow. So you were a medical doctor. What was your practice? Um, actually, the last job I worked was at a women's prison here in Atlanta, Georgia, and that was mm-hmm. that was straight ministry, definitely ministry. Wow. Yeah. That is so awesome to hear that, first of all, you pursued uh, your, your dream to become a doctor, which is hard and a difficult road to tread sometimes um, yeah, for school. So we applaud you for that. And then having the courage and the faith to leave that job and, like you said, pursue ministry through writing full time. Yeah. Now, when you made that decision, what were some emotions that were going on in your mind? Because a lot of people are at that brink. Should I leave yeah. and pursue? Uh, but so many things hold them back. So what yeah. were some emotions that you were feeling at that time? Um, actually, you know, I, I can't say that medicine was my dream. It really was something that my father wanted me to pursue. Oh, okay. So for the whole 15 years that I was in it, I was pretty much miserable. So by the time I, I – actually what happened, I was facing my 40th birthday, and I was like, am I going to continue to be miserable or am I going to leave this and face my dreams? And I guess the main emotion was fear, and I just was looking at God like, are you going to take care of me? You know, are you going to make sure everything turns out all right? But then after I made the decision, it was relief, joy, excitement and just really just being happy that I was able to make a choice for myself, that I loved myself enough to do what was best for me. Wow. Well, it's still awesome because our parents, uh, yeah. you know, they, they want the best for us. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, you know, as obedient children, we, we you know, try we to. do what they want. <laughs> yes. And yeah. so, but yeah. like, I love what you said. It wasn't your dream, but you did it because right. that's something right. that your father wanted you to do. But when you said. Right. 40th. I'm going to turn 40, Sherry, so I'll probably be emailing you. It's a big deal, girl. It's a big deal. I know it. I've been making a big deal out of it for about two years. (laughs) Good. uh, But it's something, you know, something shifts in your whole thinking and your whole attitude towards people and life. Uh, And so you took the plunge 
to go and write full-time. Now, yes. New Waters, a full-time writer, yes. what did you have to do to discipline yourself, to learn about the industry? What was your, what was your day like after uh, medicine? Oh, that's a great question. I love to write, so it, it's, it's not so much of a discipline. The discipline comes in marketing because I hate the marketing part. So yeah. writing I can do all day, and I have to remind myself to stop and eat and go to the bathroom and that kind of stuff. But actually doing the marketing, which makes the writing worthwhile, I have to set hours that I'm going to do marketing. I have to set lists of, okay, this is what I'm going to accomplish today to get the marketing part done. So that's really the challenge for me. That's really the discipline for me. But when I'm passionate about something, I have no trouble just, just diving right in and, and just devoting myself to it. So oh. the writing part is, is, is good. You said, you said, oh, you talk in my language, Sherry. Okay. For me, writing is easy, too. Yeah. And, and yeah. you're right. Marketing is a discipline. Oh. And you have to, it's like takes faith. Uh, to really learn the business and implement all the strategies to make what you say is a ministry uh, impactful. And so uh, I love it what you said. Now let's get to this hot cover. (laughs) And when I say hot, I'm talking about intriguing. I love the color. I love uh, – now did you have a hand in that? Um, no, not at all. Actually, I had picked another cover, um, uh-huh. and when I saw this one, I was like, oh, that's awesome. This is great. Let's go for it. So the last couple of books, I was able to pick the cover, but this one I didn't have any input in whatsoever, and I loved oh. it. So it turned out well. It, turned out it really is well. beautiful. We all, as women, we love red for some reason. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we love that red lipstick, right? those red exactly. shoes, everything. <laughs> and your book is Selling My Soul. Powerful title. Thank you. Now tell us what Selling Your Soul is about. Well, Selling Your Soul is the sequel to my debut novel, My Soul Cries Out. And in that book, the main character comes home to find her husband, who's the minister of music in their church, in bed with another man. And it turns out he's oh, struggling. Oh, you with have his- to slow down, Sherry Lewis. Okay. <laughs> comes home to find him in bed with another man. Wow. So that's how the book opens, My Soul Cries Out. And um, it turns out that she finds out that he's been struggling with his sexual identity since he was around 10 years old when he was molested by a deacon in the church. And so she and her husband went to the bishop for help, but because her husband is such an anointed praise and worship leader and has basically built the church, I mean, the church has tripled since he's taken over as the minister of music, the bishop just wants to sweep the whole thing under the rug. Mm. And so the best friend in the book, Trina, is there for the girl, Monica, when all this is happening, just ministering to her, trying to speak life and her, trying to just keep her from falling apart. And then Trina has to run off to Africa for a missions trip that she's dreamed about all her life. So Selling My Soul opens with Trina coming back from Africa. She gets off the plane, picks up a newspaper, and she finds that there is a national scandal involving the deacons and the bishop and this whole thing that happened in in Kevin's life when he was young. So, you know, she thought she was going to come home, see Mama, see Monica, say hi, and go back to Africa to the man she's fallen in love with. But when she gets back, it's just, oh, everything is broken out. And this, this huge scandal, she finds herself right in the middle of it. In the middle. If you just join Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking to author Sherry Lewis. She has just written her uh, second novel, Selling My Soul. It's fourth, actually. Oh, fourth. Yeah. Fourth, (laughs) but this is the follow-up. Right, 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 right. Okay. 
my yeah. soul. Let me get it right. But if okay. you would love to talk to Sherry, because it sounds so hot, three call three four seven two one five six four four six. Now I have to ask you because this is a rated R talk. Here we call uh, rated R being real relevant and refreshing. Okay. This topic is all of those tied up with a cherry yeah. on top. Okay. Now, where was your inspiration for writing about this? Is this is an issue that is plaguing, particularly the African American church. Yes, it is. Where where was your inspiration? It came from a lot of different places. For one, at the time I was writing the book, I was a Christian woman going through a divorce. And writing is very therapeutic for me, and I just wanted to get my feelings out on paper. And so I wanted to create a situation where no one in the Christian world will question my character's right to get a divorce. So I said to myself, let me make her cheat. But I was like, no, that's not bad enough. Let me make her cheat with a man. Let me me make him cheat with a man. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about some friends that I had 10, 15 years ago who loved Jesus, loved God with all their heart, were in the church, but they were struggling with their sexual identity. And I thought about how people just send them straight to hell. They never consider this person is tormented. This person doesn't want to live this life. This person wants to be free. And so I kind of combined those things together so that I could tell my story and tell their story as well. And that's how it started. Selling my soul, I never intended to write. When I got through writing such a difficult, controversial, taboo topic, I didn't want to ever touch it again. But mm-hmm. everyone that read My Soul Cries Out was like, you have to write a sequel. We have to find out what happens. And so that's why there's two books in between, because I just, everybody just kept asking for it and asking for it, and finally I said, well, let me just write it and put it out there. Oh, wow. Listen, you said uh, that we don't take the time, especially as Christians, to understand that people who find themselves in this dilemma, and if if you must be living on a rock if you don't know this is right. real. These are real right. issues right here. Right. Yeah. They're tormented. Explain yeah. that and because a lot of people think, you know, when when we're caught up into certain sins it's just by choice. Yeah. Uh, but you said twenty yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the, the, the friends that I had were completely tormented. They mm-hmm. wanted to serve God. They wanted to live a holy life. But this urge, this thing, this desire within them was completely contrary to God. And it was like a part of them, you know, a few of them had been molested, but a, a, a few others had just found themselves in that lifestyle. And it was just a huge conflict that they had to deal with every single day that affected every part of their identity and affected every part of their relationship with God. And it doesn't get any worse than that. I mean, those are the two things that should be the most important to us, our identity and our relationship with God. And so if you mess up in both those areas, that's going to be a tormented life. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's million-dollar nuggets right there. Okay. Because you're so, you're so true. Because yeah. when we don't know who we are or when yeah. we think, you know, who we are and it's really not authentic and we come to the aha moment of this is who I really am. And then again, uh, dealing with our relationship with God and our relationship with God's people. Yeah. You find yourself twisted, turned up into a very uh, unhealthy and you can lose your joy. You can be depressed, even suicidal. So yeah, sometimes we don't, things we don't understand. We just, you know, uh, like you say, shun people away, but it, there comes a certain level of maturity, and I'm pretty sure yes. your characters in your book had to go through this process. Absolutely, absolutely. Of they just have to learn how to walk in love. 
love. That's what yes. it comes down to. Yeah. Now explain love because that is a word that is loosely <laughs> used. Right. I'm talking about agape love where it's unconditional, where you love the person even though you don't approve of what they're doing, and you pour out so much love toward them. They feel the love of God towards you that it, it makes them want to do right. It makes them want to change their life because they experience the true love of God, not this judgmental love that says, I'll love you if you do this. I'll love you only if your lifestyle is, is within what I think is normal and acceptable. It's I love you no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what you struggle with. I love you as God loves you. Yes. Now let, let's talk about that because judgment, and it's another uh, a word that is used a lot, but there is a certain period that people have to deal with of being hurt um, Mm -hmm. and when there comes conflict in a relationship, whether it's with themselves or finding out that somebody else is struggling with conflict Mm -hmm. in their lives, that they have to come to terms with it. Yeah. And sometimes we do things, and it's not judgment. It's just a natural human reaction. Can you explain the difference between being judgmental and just acting out of uh, human emotions? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I think if, if, if we judge a person, we condemn them, and we put ourselves in a place where we have authority to say, you are wrong, and therefore I, I commit you to punishment, whether it's sending them to hell or whether it's withdrawing our love from them. That's judgment to say, okay. I don't agree with what you did, and therefore my heart is going to change towards you versus just being disappointed or hurt by something that somebody does. You don't necessarily judge them, but at the same time, there is an effect of what that person has done. And so you just kind of process it that way without taking that place of I'm putting you in hell. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now going on both sides, the person who mm-hmm. is feeling like they're judged, but it's really just that, that going through that process of, you know, being hurt and coming to terms. Mm-hmm. What can they do? Because when you're tormented, the least little thing, yeah, you know, is magnified yeah, and absolutely. can be misconstrued. So talk to the person who is dealing with, struggling with whatever issue and struggling with the relationship with God, and they're dealing with a close friend, a family member, who is really not understanding, mm-hmm. and they need that time to process. What yeah, can that person yeah. do to not you know, internalize that their their actions are judgment and just a process and that given time, things will be reconciled. Yeah, that's really hard. Um, I think the most important thing to do is get reconciliation with God to say, yeah. God, I know that you love me no matter what. And I think that's so difficult for us to do because – you know, in most of Christianity, we make God mean and condemning and far away and distant, and we really don't have a true revelation of how deeply he loves us. That no matter what, I mean, if he sent his son to die for us, there's nothing we could possibly do that's so bad that he would throw us away. So if we focus on the love of God and how huge it is and how all-encompassing it is and how forgiving it is, then we can just tuck ourselves in that place of love. No matter what we've done, no matter how bad it is, we can just look at God and say, I know you love me no matter what. And once we're secure in his love, we can handle whatever is going on with those around us. And we can say, okay, I know it's going to take you a minute. I know you're disappointed. I know you're stressed out by what I'm doing. But I'm just going to give you some grace in accepting me and loving me while I just sit here and bask in the love of God and allow myself to be healed and whole in that. Yeah. And what I hear you saying, there's a certain humility that has to come uh, from both people, uh, you know, to say, you know what? I'm not, I don't understand and I'm hurt, but give me time 
I will change around. Uh, now, what is the person who who is, and then we're going to get to some more, Okay. who is being accused of being judge, judgmental? What can they hmm. do they really to say, you know, I'm not being though. judgmental, but to convey that message? Yeah, they really need to make they they need to take a look at themselves and make sure they're not being judgmental because they may be saying I'm not, but they may be doing it. And so, really look at their heart and say, Am I judging you or am I loving you? Is what I'm saying to you out of concern and out of love, or am I am I beating you with a stick? And just really look at the way they deliver the message that they deliver. Sometimes it's not what you say, but how you say a thing that will convey to a person what's coming out of your heart, whether it's judgment or just true love and concern. Yeah, yeah. And that's, like you said, it's a hard thing to do because sometimes people are so hurt that no matter how they say it uh, or when they say it, the other person who is, like you said, being in torment is going to take it the wrong way. So I hear humility, time, patience. Now, why should people buy and go get right now this weekend selling my soul? Besides the pretty cover, you guys, the cover is pretty. Because not only is it a dramatic, racy read that will keep you turning the pages. I mean, don't start the book at night because you won't be able to put it down until the wee hours of the morning. It really is just fast-moving drama. But I try to put in all my books just a piece of me and my intimate relationship with God. And I always have people tell me, when I read your books, it challenges me to grow closer to God. I feel like I know God better. I feel like I look at a different aspect of God and get to know and understand who he is more. And so not only is it a great entertainment, but it's also great ministry. That's what I try to do in each and every one of my books. Wow. Now, Miss Sherry, what's mm-hmm. next on the horizon for you after selling my soul? Just goes to many best-selling lists. What's Thank your you. next project? Well, I'm actually working on the sequel to my book, The List. And um, The List is about single, successful, saved women that are tired of waiting on God to bring their soulmate. So they make a list of everything they're looking for in a man, and they go on a hilarious dating adventure trying to be found by their husbands. Oh, so that was another one. <laughs> you, you said trying to be found. To be found, absolutely. And that is rated R again, real relevant and refreshing. <laughs> Because, you know, it's a man that findeth the wife, finds a good thing. But a, a woman can help herself be found in the, in the book. That's what they go over. Mm-hmm. So everyone loved that one a lot as well, and they begged for a sequel. So instead of putting out two more books, I'm just going to go ahead and write it and make that the next thing that comes out. Okay. When, when should we expect that? It should be May, March of next year. All right. I try to release the book every year. But we do, me and two other authors have a, an anthology coming out this summer. It's called A Woman's Revenge, and uh-huh. it's three stories of revenge. And my particular story is about Sabrina Rogers. She's devastated when she finds out that her fiancé is cheating on her. She's mortified when she finds out that he's cheating with her mother. Mm. Uh. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's going to be Listen, some more y'all drama. y'all must live in Louisville, Kentucky. Because there is some real stuff that happens. Oh, my goodness. Real yeah. stuff that happens. <laughs> Listen, Miss Sherry Lewis, you have been sensational. Thank Where you. Where can people pick up your books? Um, Anywhere that books are sold, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, um, online, Amazon, uh, Borders, Barnes & Noble. Or they can get an autographed copy on my website, and that's www.SherryLewis.com. That's S-H-E-R-R-I-L-E-W-I-S.com, and I'll autograph okay. it and send it off. And do you get Sherry with the I at the end all the time? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. 
Yeah. So listen, we're definitely going to pick up Selling My Soul. If you haven't gotten uh, the first book, My Soul Cries Out, get that. Read those together. We're going to have you back when you uh, launch uh, the sequel to the uh, About the Save Single Women in the list. Listen, okay. <laughs> I've probably done that myself. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> but you have a great weekend and continued Thank success, you. and we will follow up with you later. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much. If you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White, we just finished talking about uh, Selling My Soul with author Sherry Lewis. Pick that book up uh, at Amazon.com and SherryLewis.com. Sounds like a hot book, and the cover is pretty. Now, we're all set to give you a extreme joy makeover. We're going to teach you how to go get your joy back, and I'm so excited to have this sensational, motivational, uh, dynamic speaker uh, Sandra Steen, she is, you can visit her right now at www.sandrasteen.com. Uh, listen, she is the joy master. When you go to her site, everything's about joy. We're going to bring her on in just about three minutes. We're going to take a little break and be back with Miss Sandra Steen, and she's going to help us get a joy makeover.
lost your joy or has somebody stole your joy, stolen your joy, then listen, we are getting ready set to give you an extreme joy makeover. And we have the joy master on because I call her that because when you visit com, it's all about joy, how to feed your mind, body, and spirit with joy, joy for the mind, joy for the body, joy for the spirit. She even has oats to joy in the form of oatmeal cookies. This is the Joy Master. Now, if you are not familiar with her, please visit com. And I hope I'm saying her name right. If not, I hope she corrects me. Uh, as the founder and CEO of Sandrastine and Associates, she is an internationally acclaimed speaker, trainer, and consultant. Uh, consultant. And she has been that uh, for about 15 years. She has won almost every award known to man. Um, and she has spoken, listen, you guys, to over 500,000 people uh, on joy, uh, basically, and diversity. And so we're glad to have her on Real Talk with Tanya White for the first but not the last time. Welcome, Miss Sandra Steen. Hello, hello, how are you? Hello, Tanya. I am wonderful. And how are you? I am joyful today. <laughs> That is the way for the day, joyful. That's right, that's right, that's right. Keep it joyous. <laughs> you are the joy master. And first of all, I thank you for being on the show, and I'm excited because we're going to give some people an extreme joy makeover. Now, before we get started, I want you to tell the people in your own words who you are and why you have so much darn joy. <laughs> well, my name is Sandra Steen, and I uh, started out my career at five years old, getting up on the platform, bringing a message, and even at five years old, I found myself where people would say things like, I experienced joy just hearing you speak. I didn't even understand at that tender age what God was doing in my life, but I built a, a consulting firm and in 1993, it took me all over the world. I had the opportunity to stand in the Fortune 500 companies of America and uh, bring a message to employees and helping them to improve their productivity and lives. And so it's just been a real joy ride. And, uh, you know, the real premise of joy and uh Part of the reason why I wrote the book is because I reached a place in life where I think many people reach that place where you're not really living in peace, things are missing, things are broken, and you really don't understand what's really going on. And I had that experience, and it led me where I really had a dream. And in that dream, it was a conversation with God, and he was saying to me, Sandra, you must learn to live with joy. And uh, from that experience, I began to uh, write the conversations that I would hear with me in terms of what were joy robbers and what were joy builders. Wow. And that's kind of how the book evolved as well. Wow. And this book, Who Stole My Joy, is available right now on SandraSteen.com. Now, before we get into this joy makeover, we must define uh, in your own terms, what exactly is joy? J-O-Y, a small word, but it has Big power when you have it in your life. 
Yes, and joy, uh, first of all, joy is love expressed. So the platform of joy is love. And if we're not perfecting our love walk, we can't get to joy. It's love expressed. But it's also, Tanya, that spiritual advantage where we're living every moment of life with wisdom, with gratitude, with peace, and with love. And as we're living every moment of those uh, of our lives with peace, and wisdom and gratitude and love, we're experiencing joy. Wow, that is million dollar definition of joy. I never heard it put quite like that. Now, is there a difference in your opinion the being having joy and being happy? Absolutely. You see, if if joy is just about good times and good events, it becomes mere pleasure. Mm. So what do we experience when times are difficult? What do we experience during persecution? What do we experience during loneliness, which are real events in our lives and in the cycles and the seasons of things that we go through and we ebb and we flow? And so if I can only experience a calm delight and a spiritual advantage when things are right, then I could never experience joy except when it's a good event. So that transcends into happiness, but joy transcends into every moment of life. No matter what is going on, we can make that connection to go, to joy, and uh, the the uh, joy of the Lord becomes our strength. Our strength, and that is so true because you don't know true joy until you realize that everything in your life is not going quite so well, and so when you, you can have that, you know, aha moment. Am I really am I happy or joyous? And like you said, you you will know the difference because when you're happy, it's just when things are happening. But you have to find joy, and it comes from the Lord. Now, why do people mix the two up? Are we just based on basing our life on a, a, a series of feelings, or we just really don't know the difference? I, I think that oftentimes we're not living that authenticity. So we have uh, defined joy in terms of someone who has the plastered smile or the hyped-up uh, conversation, and uh, we take those few Kodak moments and we define that as joy. But we've got to follow them around, you know, more than just a few moments. Because, uh, you know, from my personal experience, if you really want to know if you have authentic joy, write a book about joy. Mm -hmm. And you'll be tested. And I had to be tested. And I had to experience some of the toughest times of my life. You know, last year was really, really tough, but it was during those tough times that I had to really experience authentic joy, and I think until you get in that place when you're perplexed or you don't know the answer or you don't know what's going to happen next and you still have a calm delight and you can get up in the morning and you say, I don't understand what's going on, but I have the peace of God that surpasses my own understanding. And people who have experienced that know the authenticity of joy and they never make the mistake of just the plastered smile or the hyped up conversation. They know the difference. They know the difference. You're talking my life language, Miss Sandra Steen. That's why you are the joy master. You know, joy is, is I call it, you have a it is well in your spirit. I love that song, yes. it is well with my soul. Uh, yes, yes. Joy. When all hell is breaking loose in your life, like you said, if you find that just that still something small to help you keep going, Lord have mercy. 
Listen, if you just turn into a real talk with Tanya White, we're talking to Miss Sandra Steen. I call her the joy master. And so if you have a question or comment, are you just perplexed about uh, joy, if you don't have any, please call 347-215-6446. Now, I'm on your beautiful purple website. Purple is my color, too. Oh, Um, royalty, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Now, you have something... Uh, called the Joy Institute. Now, was this birthed from your book, Who Stole My Joy? Yes, Joy Institute. I found out very uh, early in my career the real business I was in. You know, you can be a speaker, you can be a trainer, and you can do all these things, and I launched a cookie product. But really the business that I'm in is the joy business. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the joy business because it's endless demand and unlimited supply. We never lose the need for it, and it never runs out. And so it's a great business to be in. So the, the, uh, the Joy Institute is a, a foundation principle where we present leadership seminars and ongoing training to help create joy for the mind because as a man thinks, he becomes. Mm-hmm. So we constantly have to do a checkup from the neck up, and joy for the mind is really coming from the Joy Institute. Wow. Now, how does somebody who find themselves, uh, their joy has been depleted, what would be your first step for them to go get their joy back? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, self-inspection is the first place of self-knowledge. So we have to uh, look at what's going on. We have to count up the cost and look at the journey and uh, begin to really understand where we are. One of the challenges of, of getting your joy back is really understanding the power of deception. You see, if you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. Uh, because if Sandra. Uh, the, the power of deception is that the person who is deceived does not know it because the moment you know you're deceived, you're no longer deceived. Yes. And so, so we have to get to a point where we have to bring light to some situations that may be hidden or dark. And that's where um, uh, the book is written in the way that it's written because I found out oftentimes the enemy is the inner me. Yes, it, yes. It's what's going on inside of me, and I'm projecting that on to everybody else, and uh, I've got a spirit of rejection going on so tough with me that I am bringing rejection from everyone that I meet, and I don't even know that it's happening. So if I'm going to get my joy back, there's got to be a place of exposure. And I believe that the greatest light that we can shine can come through prayer, just simply going before God to say, God, show me. Show me them so that I can be free of them. There are a lot of people that are walking in bondage, and you can't convince me that that's the place they want to be, but it's the place they cannot see. Mm. So the first place is exposure, and I believe that that's a place of prayer. It's also a place where we get a third party involved. You know, if I were to invite the listeners, Tanya, tonight to take their left hand and uh, just, you know, take your left hand right now and look at it. You can see it pretty clear. Look on both sides of the hand. Do you not see it very clear? Yes. Now, I, if I ask the listeners now to look at the back of your neck, mm-hmm. 
Many of them are going to be challenged because it's not clearly seen and you need some kind of help. At that point, you need a mirror or you need somebody to tell you what's going on. And it belongs to you, but everybody's seeing it a little clearer than you are. The scripture says that there's safety in a multitude of counsel. And so that's why we need to surround ourselves with wisdom, with people that we trust. Now, that's not everybody, but we need people that we can trust, that walk in a measure of wisdom, that can help us see what we cannot see. Because those become the joy robbers of life. And we can't be deceived unless we stay in bondage. Yes. Now, you said something so powerful. We've got to surround ourselves with a council of wisdom. But let me go back to your point uh, about the power of deception. If you're still underneath that power so heavily, aren't you going to flee from the council of wisdom? You you will if you do not have the desire to be free. So that's the key. That's the that's, key. That is the key. Your desire will take you, you know, when the when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot of people who are not in a place to be coachable, to be teachable. And uh, when you stop being teachable, life is over. We all have to have a teachable place. And so we have to have people that we can be accountable to. Um, I like to talk about four types of relationships that I think are very important for for any of us because, one, um, you're not going to experience real joy if you have an inner circle of people who do not have your best interests in mind. Hmm. So we have a responsibility to discern who's for us. Yes. And and, and it, they may not be bad people, but they're just not for you. And so you've got them in your inner circle, and you're trying to get to purpose. You're trying to get to destiny, and you've surrounded yourself with people who have selfish agenda, who have no interest in your best interest. It's wrong, wrong formula. We need uh, four types of relationships, one being role models, people that we can look at, that we can be inspired by their success. We can say it can be done, not that we will uh, compete or compare or try to be exactly like they are, but we see them in a measure of success that inspires our success. That is important. I think we also need coaches and mentors, and I think that's one of the most important relationships we need, and those are powerful people that call us on. Don't look for people who will imprint your answers. In other words, <laughs> they just lip sync what you say. <laughs> we don't need. <laughs> I wish I had some clapping effects. <laughs> don't look for people to imprint your answer. That goes back to being under the power of deception and having a desire to know the truth and walk in truth and find that uh, true joy, the authentic joy that you talked about earlier. My goodness, love that. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not your, I am not your girl to mentor you to only tell you what you want to hear. Mm. I need to be the kind of coach, the kind of mentor that sees your potential, that sees your purpose, and will call you to it. It's almost like the greatest basketball coach who's coaching uh, uh, Duncan, you know, because I'm a Spurs fan, so we use Duncan. (laughs) And if he's going to coach Duncan, 
he can't just say, well, Duncan says, oh, I gave you 20 points. And he said, okay, if that's all you felt like giving me. But he says, I see 40 points in you. I know you didn't do it tonight, but I believe you can do it. Mm-hmm. And so a coach calls you on to something greater than even you will see. And sometimes that can be demanding and painful, but it is rewarding because it brings you to your next level. And we need people like that. You know, if you want to know where you're going, look at who you're following. Mm-hmm. And people cannot take you somewhere they've never been. So we need to find mentors and coaches who will bring us and help us and coach us and give us feedback so we can be better. And then we need friends. Now, I think sometimes we will mistake this category, and it's our biggest category, and it's our most comfortable category, and it is a needful category. And I define the friends category where the people are there where you don't have to mask. You can show them your wounds. They're not going to judge you. They're just genuine, authentic people who are there to listen. But they may not be the coach, but they are the friend. And uh, we need people like that. We can rest and just be ourselves, don't have to prove anything. Yeah. And, and, and then we need partners, Tanya. And, and that's another category. And I don't care where you are in life, what you're trying to accomplish. At some point, somebody's got to write the check to make it happen. See, the, the Bible says money answers everything. Somebody's got to write the check. Somebody's got to write a check. Lord made money for a reason. He did. Not in that time anymore. Where we don't need Lord him. Listen. Money answers everything. <laughs> and if we're going to see the covenant of God answered in the earth, there's going to be a check written. And sometimes you're writing a check for somebody else's dream. Somebody's writing a check for your dream. We've got to be generous. We've got to be kind. See, there's a shift coming. On. I don't want to get into the other topic of the wealth transfer, but it's happening now, and it's, and, and it's about getting in position, and it's about a generosity where we will write a check. And when we have a, uh, we have a coach and a mentor and we have friends and we have role models and we have partners and we have friends, we have surrounded ourselves with joy builders so we can get to that abundant life because it's not going to happen in isolation. It's not going to happen being alone. We need all of those type of people around us, but we have a responsibility to know who the right people are. And sometimes it can be right people, wrong time. Sometimes it can be right people, wrong time, right place. So you got to get right people, right time, right place, right thing. And when you get all those things lined up, then it's a place called there. And there is joy. There is joy. Listen, I know if you're just tuning in to Real Talk with Tanya White, you are uh, overjoyed. You have found some rejoice by hearing Sandra Steen talk about the four joy builders everybody needs so that you can go get your joy back. Miss Sandra Steen, our time is up, but I really want you to talk about this wealth transfer that you just briefly mentioned. Can you talk about that? Is this an event coming up? 
Yes, and this is more even uh, than a vent. It's, it's been a prophetic mantle that God has spoken to me to declare decree to get in position because the wealth transfer is going to happen. Now, it's going to happen whether we believe it or not, so it's not based on believing. It's based on whether you're in position because the wealth transfer is going to happen. One, because we got baby boomers. They're about to leave this wealth somewhere, so the, the face of the millionaire is going to change. God is wanting us to get ready, get in position. So I have started a wealth transfer tour. I'll actually be in Kansas City, Missouri on April the 20th. Jamal Bryant will be there on the 19th. And on the 20th, I'll be talking about the spiritual positioning for wealth transfer. What is it that you need to do? What are the eight principles of preparation? And so I'll be talking about those things. When you're in position, you're going to see that wealth is about to go into your hands like never before. But we've got to understand what it's about. I'll also be in Houston, Texas with the First Metropolitan Church with Women at the Feet of Jesus, Lady Ogletree. First Lady there, and uh, I'll be talking about another principle of preparation because we'll be dealing with women under construction. If you're going to get ready for wealth, if you're going to get ready for joy, you got to be free to be you. Oh I'm free God. to be me. I'm I got a DNA that's different. <laughs> So oh, I'm going to be talking about that because I'm tired of the copycat ministry. I'm tired of people who are so competing and they're jealous and they're missing out on the real move of God because they can't be the authentic person that God called them to be. I'm tired of it, but we're going to deal with it because we want to get free, and I want to be free to be me. If you want to see expression of God, see me in all the authenticity that he created me, and you'll see an expression in me that you won't see in a another. You so, to my life, life <laughs> authenticity, free to be me because I was bound for so long. But when you got free, oh my goodness, how can somebody bring you to their city for, I don't know, whatever, a retreat, a conference, whatever? How can they do that? They simply pick up the phone, make a call. The number, there's a toll-free number on my website, Sandra Steen. Steen is spelled S-T-E-E-N, sandrasteen.com. And we are booking the Wealth Transfer Tour. And uh, I'm excited because uh, Dream Flights Luxury Travel is bringing us to cities all over this country in private jet because this man understands the wealth transfer. We're getting ready. We're going to talk about how to get on a wealth transfer pay plan. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. you got to know what God is doing and prepare yourself. And I'll say it again. It's going to happen whether you believe it or not. So we're, we're so just call me if it's something that we need to uh, bring to your church. We're we're excited about doing that. Or you can join me in Kansas City again. That's April twentieth. I'll be at Victorious Life, where the Bishop Mark Talbert is the pastor in Kansas City, Missouri, and in Houston on Saturday, April twenty fourth. I'll be in Houston, Texas, uh, First Metropolitan Church, and you can certainly contact them for more information about their women's conference, and I'll be dealing with Free to Be Me. We're going to deal with some, yeah, we're going to deal with your personality. We're going to deal with your mindset. We're going to deal with what happened with you as a little girl. We're going to deal with what happened to you with your teachers. Who's messing up your authenticity? We're going to get to the bottom of it. So you can stop comparing yourself to anybody and live life to the fullest design for which you were created. 
My God, I'm in a hosting position right now, but when I hang up this phone, Joy Master, I'm going to shout all over my house because <laughs> you, have sent, uh, you have given me uh, a, another Joy Makeover back through your confirmation uh, directly from God because we have never talked about this. And so, listen, um, you have been uh, just Words cannot express. We will definitely follow up with you. Have you back? I'm tr- I'm thinking of people right now. I'm going to email and call and tell them you need to bring the wealth transfer to your church. Um, yes. And so three things before you leave that somebody who is wanting a extreme, complete, authentic joy makeover, three quick things that they will have to do immediately to get that into place. Well, first of all, you got to get to a place where God is enough. Because we can look, you know, there's a song that said, looking for love in all the wrong places, on all the wrong faces. Look, joy is not a suggestion. Joy is one of the three pillars of God's kingdom, righteousness, joy, and peace. So it's not a suggestion. It is a way of life. And uh, in a very quick nugget, let me just say that I experienced that whole place of letting God be enough, when I said to God, I'm lonely, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I want to give this up, I'm tired, I can't do it anymore, and I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, Sandra, I will allow you to be lonely and frustrated if you can tell me that I am not enough. And I say to the listeners today, you can't tell God he's not enough. And because you can't tell him that he's not enough, he's there to provide you joy that's overflowing. The Bible says, let your joy be full. So I am I'm encouraging you that in the first place, let God be enough. And then the other place in that in the three points, because there's more than three I could leave you with, but let me just stop with those three, is living the positive side of heartache. You know, sometimes things are falling apart so more important things can fall together. Sometimes we're experiencing that 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 highway that's being expanded, five lanes are coming out of three lanes, and we're on the detours of life, and things are a mess. I know I'm there, I've felt it, and we're we're in the pain, and we don't understand something is going on, but God is in control, He's sovereign, and He loves us, and He says, "The plans that I have for you are good." So the other thing that I would say to you is don't let winter destroy the coming spring because everything has a season. And if you're in the winter, stay positive, keep moving forward because God promises that better days are coming and your joy will be full. And weeping endures for the night season, but joy will come in the morning. So just keep on moving forward. Joy is coming in the morning. Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to rest in this powerful, powerful Real Talk with Tiny White Show. Give them your contact information one more time, and we're going we're gonna to let you go even though we don't want to, Miss Sandy. <laughs> You're my joy master, <laughs> and I'm going to connect with you. I love that term, Joy Master. That was you have coined, and that is an original. I love it, Joy Master. Well, (laughs) I'm glad to know the real Joy Master who gives me the power to walk in a measure. So thank you. But that that website is Sandra Sting. 
It's spelled S-T-E-E-N, sandrasteen.com. There's a toll-free number there. Call me. You want to book the wealth transfer? We have to, as Bishop Jake says in a way that no one can say, get ready, get ready, get ready. The wealth transfer is here. And uh, remember that suffering was never created to destroy you. It was created to promote you. So we've had a measure of suffering, but get ready because the wealth transfer is here. And it's for those who understand that God has a covenant on the earth and he needs to pay for it. Mm. And those who understand it are about to get paid. So See? get ready. Get ready for those who understand. She's saying the remnant of those who understand. Listen, Joy Master, we're going to let you go so I can rejoice <laughs> in what you have just spoken to my spirit. Uh, listen, I love your excitement. I love your authenticity. And I love, for lack of a better word, your realness. So continue, continue blessings and joy in the Lord. Thank you so much for having me a part of your show and call me anytime. And uh, may you walk in continued joy. Thank you so much. We will follow up with you later, Miss Sandra. Take care. Take care. Listen, real talk with Tanya White. These last, listen, spring into action was what the Lord told me that April was about. And that's every week in April. That's what we've done. We sprung into action. Last week we talked about offenses. This week we talk about joy. My goodness, if you missed any part of this show, you need to listen to the archives. Forward it to about 50 of your friends. Somebody said, I don't have 50 friends. Yes, you do, because if you're on Facebook, blog talk, email, you have 50 friends who need this desperately to hear what Miss Sandra Steen has just imparted into the kingdom of God in the spirit of those who will hear. And so we're, we are grateful uh, for her stopping by on this divine, it is divine appointment. Go get your joy back. She talked about the four joy builders. You need role models. You need friends. You need a coach, and you need partners. You need somebody to write the check, Tanya White. You need somebody to write the check for your vision. So listen, forward this show to everybody. I'm just so excited right now, y'all. I'm going to go to the gym and run for about an hour on the elliptical because I'm just so filled with joy. I am rejoicing right now. Listen, this is so powerful. Next week, tune in as we continue to spring into action with Miss T.C. Coleman as she gives us the secrets to a magnetic brand. Branding is more than business. It is a life. The way you brand yourself is the way people are going to receive you. So she's going to talk about that next week. And then the last uh, Thursday in this month, we're talking to Nicole Cleveland as she talks about from her book, So He Cheated, Now What? Getting Over Infidelity. Listen, this has been an awesome, awesome April so far. Visit TanyaWhite.com. Get Girl You Can Win, the 10 Highly Essential Habits of a Winning Woman. It is my best book yet. It's going to give you those secrets to change your attitudes, your actions, and associations so that you can start believing uh, that you are a winner. God already said you were born to win, and he built us to win. And now it's time as women to believe that we can win. Get that book. Go to TanyaWhite.com or Amazon.com. It will trans just transform your life. I'm so excited. We're going to close out with Miss Shirley Caesar. We're talking about joy. Some of us are rejoicing right now. We're getting our joy again. So we're going to close out with her song, Rejoice. 
And listen, I know about it, probably by the end of the song, some of y'all be shouting, I will too, but I love you with the love of the Lord, and I will see you next Thursday. Bye-bye.